check out our friends at Linguistity Gifts. Linguistity Gifts is a metaphysical store offering natural gemstone bead bracelets, signature and zodiac, designed and made in the United States, as well as raw and polished stones, crystal balls, pendulums, tarot cards, natural crystal points, wands, and so much more. Their beautiful signature design bracelets can aid with creativity, balance, focus, and well-being. They can even customize the bracelets for you. Just send them an email to find out pricing and availability. Visit their website using the link in the description or visit linguistitygifts.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your first order over $20. And right now they are offering $5 off the purchase of two or more bracelets. Linguistitygifts.com Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guest is Andy Rouse. First, a couple of announcements. If you have a business and you want to advertise with us, email me. That's ForbiddenKnowledgeNews at gmail.com. We work with you to make the most effective ad possible, and we're doing really cool things for our clients right now. Our website, ForbiddenKnowledge.News, also the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You're going to find amazing podcasts, some of your favorite from our community, like Raised by Giants, Inception, Going Down the Rabbit Hole, Understanding Propaganda, and more. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. Rockfin is where you get the premium stuff. But you also get all the premium content from every creator that is on Rockfin for only $10 a month. Well worth it. Just go to rockfin.com slash FKN plus. You can even create a free account and you get access to tons of free content. And that includes all of our regular shows. Today, I want to welcome back to the show Andy Rouse. He is host of the Deep Share podcast, Worship in the Storm, and the New Roots of Creation podcast. He is a psychedelic explorer and meditating metalhead obsessed with the ancient world and the divine symbolism that connects us all through time and space. Andy, welcome back. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Thanks for having me again, man. It's good to see you. Yes, man. It's great to talk again. I love the deep conversation we have. And I love the deep shares you do on your shows and that you tend to take uh, deeper perspectives than many other podcasters and people that are in independent content creation that i know of so thank you for that and that's what we're gonna thanks (laughs) well yeah man that's what we're gonna be do here again today we just had a wonderful conversation about what could lead us into uh, what we're talking about today um now it's hard to ignore the the synchronicities and the manner our reality has been unfolding the past decade we seem to be in some ways 
pushed ourselves collectively in this direction. Of course, there has been guidance by them, those, they, who we were discussing before, and we're going to get into that. Mm. But who gives the guidance to them at the top of the pyramid? Is there a top of the pyramid? Is it just an illusion? Uh, we're going to get into all this stuff and much more. Uh, Mr. Rouse was uh, discussing some very interesting thoughts that uh, he had about a situation earlier I want to get into. Uh, now, it's been a little while since you've been on. Remind the audience about yourself and uh, the Deep Share. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, uh, I've been doing the Deep Share for about a year and a half, and it's been a blast just covering everything from you know, comparative psychedelic experiences to paranormal stuff to the alien and UFO nonsense and craze that's happening all around us and you know what's real what's not so i mean these are the topics that i love it's what i've been looking into for two decades or more so that's kind of what my show's about for the most part then uh yeah I jump all over the place uh you know i'll touch politics a little bit but for the most part it's only in reference to some crazy part of our ancient past or patterns that we're seeing throughout time symbolism this and that you know yeah man now before the show we were discussing the different ideas behind what could be unfolding right now with them those day in the direction they're pushing us uh including all the strange kind of symbolic and uh weird events that you can't explain unfolding behind this uh we've had recently the guide stones and we were discussing the different belief systems behind this as well and there are individuals uh, that are really deep into esoteric studies that have um, certain different beliefs than a lot of people in this community. There are some that have oh, yeah. the belief that them, those they at the top are leading us to a utopia, that we have to kind of go through this and destroy the old systems for them to rebuild a new kind of utopia in their image, and it's for the betterment of humanity, and there are some that believe this. But there are those mm -hmm. others that believe that it's for the enslavement of humanity. We're being pushed in this technocratic transhuman age uh, where we're shoved into a computer and we stay there forever and our energy is siphoned for the rest of our lives. So I don't know. You know, th there's, there's a few different timelines that I believe we're currently on. But as far as the different ideologies of what could be happening – what are your thoughts on it, man? I, I want to get into your thoughts on the Guidestones as well and, and the, the symbolism behind that. But uh, sure. what are your thoughts about uh, everything I said there? Yeah, the, the divide, as I said before we were recording, it's that we're it's a constant division and it, it gets more refined each time. And I, I think right now we're kind of seeing something along those lines in a way where, you know, naturally or controlled by they, them, those, whatever. It's happening again with, with the destruction of the Guidestones and everything, whether it was known that this was going to be the outcome or not. What's happening is that we have a contingency of people that are deep into esoteric studies. And I respect you respect that see this much differently, as you were saying. And that's where this plan, this agenda that we've been seeing for so long and it's coming to the surface more and more every day. That's that's where it's so genius because they're so close. They're always using things that are so close to what's true to, to take us. We recognize truth, whether we do on a conscious level or not. I think humans are drawn to honest and real life experiences. And I think they, them, those, whatever, they know that and they use that in 
particular to take us along for their ride. So now that the hidden past is coming about, there's no way that they can hide it. So they have to incorporate it. And this isn't new information. This is stuff that we talk about in these circles a lot, but it's very bizarre and it's disheartening and confusing to see a number of people, a few of which I even have looked up to for a long time, looking at in particular this guidestone destruction as if someone was destroying some ancient megalithic beloved statue or structure. And I, I didn't even know what to do when I first started seeing this from people that I truly respect because I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like, I know I can't let just yell this out to the community because half of them don't trust anything esoteric anyway. So <laughs> they're going to be like, well, yeah, it's all Satanism. I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't think that way. They use the truth against us. You know, it's the force like we've talked about before, but yeah, to see some of these people go real hard in the paint as if these things were, and the tenants on them were so holy and so, you know, something to be revered. And amidst that, we have the CEO of Pfizer promising to rebuild the Guidestones exactly six months, six weeks, and six days from the day they were destroyed. <laughs> and it's like, I, on the surface of things, you see a, a little red guy with horns and a pitchfork when you see 666, and most people roll their eyes and they go, oh, this guy's a, like a crazy Christian or something who believes in all that. No, you don't have to do that to understand that even if these numbers and symbols aren't evil, even if it's just this force, this neutral force that good or evil can use, it's still being hidden and kept from us on a, you know, and, and I think this contingency also doesn't believe that people just sabotage themselves. They don't find the information on their own. So this is much like the elites. It's much like the get rid of 95% of them. Fuck them. It's if they can't swim, we're not going to help them. And that's the contingency of these esoteric researchers that I have once and still in some ways respect very much, but that's really waning. And right. uh, I would like to read a tweet without even mentioning the person's name, because again, yeah. I still respect these people and I still don't, I will say it right here, right now that I, Andy Rouse of the deep share podcast do not know if I'm correct or not. And that's something that we have to put on the table. And hopes that people like this that you, you look up to and respect will answer that call and deliver the information to everybody to say, hey, well, this is why I do trust this symbol or th this system or where it's going. So I'm open to that. I'm open to hearing what people say about it. Symbolism is an extremely difficult subject to just say wow. you completely understand. Yeah, but I want to read this. for this is from, uninitiated people or people that are not familiar with any of the esoteric at all. They will just, right. you know, pass them by. Yeah, it's silly to even look at stuff like that. Come on, that's all hocus pocus. So this is from someone that I I really respect and I've listened to and watched and watched all the research for years and years. And they're defending the Guidestone thing and this is what they have to say on another topic. People are so triggered by the idea of an NWO as if it has to mean oppression of humanity. What if NWO meant all currently warring nations peacefully came together as a single united human family? Imagine a world that worked together in unison, in harmony. What would we achieve? And to that, 
I would say that there's not a single listener of your show that would disagree with how beautiful that would be. And that absolutely, that's what our small little free thinking weirdo community represents in a way. I mean, disjointed, of course, but still, I mean, we, the, the essence, the spirit of it is there. What this person I'm trying to come to terms with, does he know something I don't? Or am I starting to pass by someone that just thinks he knows enough because he's had a lot of success and hasn't and turns a blind eye or something? What is, I mean, it's very bizarre to, to and you know who I'm talking about, of course, yeah. behind So it's like, it's very interesting to see that perspective come out of someone that are you saying that you've had your head in ancient tombs so long that you haven't seen what the WEF and all the social platforms and the media and the government have not government governments. It's all this tactical plan that you, me, and a bunch of other people have been touching on for years and years and years. It's bizarre. It is. It is very bizarre. And I think a lot of what could possibly be going on is the the vast differences between what people are looking at when they're considering esoteric studies, mm-hmm. uh, where we are, like Graham Hancock says, we're a species with amnesia. We have no idea what our true history is. Just and on top of that, it's been manipulated, and yep. a lot of the the books have been written by the victors. So we have no idea what the 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 real history of this stuff is. So it's, I think with the different, I think there's different factions here that we're dealing with. Maybe not necessarily a a pyramid structure. I think that maybe there are different groups that have different types of esoteric studies, different mystery schools. I mean, we're talking about Freemasons earlier. I have many friends that are Freemasons, high-level Freemasons, and they even have different ideologies of what's going on within <laughs> Freemasonry. So everybody's divided, and I'm not even right. sure like uh, the left hand knows what the right hand's doing when it comes to the this power struggle that we're seeing. What do you think about that? Dude, that's a great analogy. I love the left, <laughs> left path doesn't know the right path, you know? Right. It's... Yeah, man. I, I often say that, well, it's, you know, we can look at whatever is trying to control us in society, whatever force it is, maybe in human nature or it's reptilians or whatever it is. We can look at characteristics more than we can actually point to individuals. You know, we try, we cut one head off, eight grow back. You know what I mean? But we can look at characteristics and the characteristic of this machine is it wants to become a machine. It's automation. is That's one of its main tenets. So I often say that this machine system never, ever wants cogs that are self-aware. So everything is very compartmentalized and everything is extremely separated. So I, I think you're right. The, a lot of people don't know what they're a part of. And I think this goes right into what the the meaning behind controlled opposition really is. It's very easy to just look at someone like say Joe Rogan and go, Oh, he's obviously controlled. He's, he's, you know, he's got getting all these CIA people on his show, FBI. Yeah. But that could also be a guy that's just, you know, aware of his situation, but you know, they can't do anything. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that is, he's a bad example perhaps, but I do think a lot of controlled opposition is just lack of uh, need to know. You know what I mean? Right, and exactly. the, um, this, yeah, this separation in the esoteric groups, to me, it comes down to, and this is just me speculating from my own deep psychedelic experiences and things that I've learned throughout the years, that it does seem to be like, uh, like a very primordial battle in consciousness that is 
I mean, to me personally, and this could just be from my ego speaking, but it seems to be one side thinks something about death and the other side thinks the opposite about death. Mm. Perhaps one is the white hat and one hat is one is the black hat, perhaps. You know what I mean? Like one says that we go on and there's everything. And that creates a different personality into the world than the one that decides we're not going anywhere. Yeah. Because well, I think the one I'd that's both... not going anywhere is going to gather as many fucking acorns as it can before the winter. You know what I mean? Right. Well, unfortunately, if you look at any person in a position of power uh, across the board, I'd say 90%. These people uh, don't have humanity's best interest in mind. They're up there for their, their own reasons, and there's a level of psychopathy there, and yes. it's on both sides. So mm-hmm. I don't think that we should look to either of these uh, – any of these factions that are trying to lead us into any really direction and lead ourselves into whatever direction because I think it's all bad. <laughs> you know, I don't <laughs> think there are white hats necessarily. They, you know, they may be seemingly white hats on the surface but probably have – have a different agenda or their own agenda uh, underneath things. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to say that these two ideologies that could be very, you know, succinct with the duality we're in, uh, both sides of the brain, perhaps, you know, um, to me, these ideologies will interpret ancient symbolism probably in very different ways. Because when you get into, and you don't have to be born again, Christian or anything to feel this way. When you get into more of a faith-based understanding of reality and a lot of the new age has a lot to do with this, you know, we're all going to be superheroes in other dimensions after we die here. Cause it's just meat suits. No, you know, unfortunately, you know, you can't fuck with alchemy either. Like I, you know, we need this experience. This is part of existence this is part of being able to reflect is this physical plane so i I don't know about that but that's the problem we have these two ideologies that will interpret these deep deep important pieces of literature and these symbols as two very different things and i think it just expands outward from there through time through different conversations with different people It, it kind of uh it goes one way or the other it seems it does kind of feel like this it does feel like black hat versus white hat on that level. just that very yeah. basic level, you know? Yeah. And I, I enjoy uh, asking this question to my guests. I've, I've asked this to the past few guests that I've had, because I'm very curious about where the way they see things on a large scale. We both talk to a lot of people. We both talk to a lot of people who talk to a lot of people. We both are in content creation and independent media and we, you know, we are we have a big network and a big community, uh, but it we mainly stay within our community when it comes to who we surround ourselves with. So it is hard to tell um, if we're the majority or on the right side of history. Are the free thinkers are the you know the majority here when it comes to what is happening on a global scale? Uh, the mainstream media is only going to portray one side. Uh, and I did a little people watching for the for the past few days. Unfortunately, I had to go to the DMV. That was a good opportunity. Ooh, and yeah. I can you know I continue I, I consider traveling places and going to like stores or the DMV. Just traveling through different dimensions. I tell myself it's only temporary. You're gonna be out this dimension soon it is like a whole different world sometimes man you surround yourself with such like-minded people for so long and you go into places like this it's like it is like a whole different world but i did notice something i did notice that um there were a couple of masked people uh there were a couple of people that didn't understand uh the logistics of 
uh, basic reality and things of that nature. Uh, so I, I do have a little bit more hope after doing a couple of days of people watching that we are the majority, at least people that are kind of snapping out of this zombified state in this haze, uh, and that the division tactics aren't working as well anymore. Uh, they're still trying. I still see, um, I still see my fair share of sleepers. And um, if you're looking on social media, of course you're going to see it. They're all over the place there. Um, but it all depends. Like if you look at your friends. Uh, timeline and they're they're like-minded on you know scroll through Facebook you'll see some of the same things but you go to somebody who's say they're a complete uh, on the the left side or, or you know um, they're uh, they're liberals or whatever and they they love Biden they love the job he's doing they love everything they love masking up they love getting jabs they love all this stuff they're all for it their timeline mm. is going to be like some kind of weird bizarro world for you if you scrolled through it on Facebook I might probably throw up a little bit if I was looking at some of the stuff on there and I have I've done I've done this experiment before <laughs> it's pretty bad when you start seeing some of the stuff that scrolls across their feed and the level of indoctrination on that side so but it also happens on the right side you know, you have oh, these absolutely. extremists that'll tr push you to like the, the the most extreme hate levels on on the right as well. So, man, yeah. it's 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 a battle right now. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, I'm I'm 37 this year, and I've never voted, and I never wanted to. And I know that that's divisive, even in our community on some levels. It's divisive. People still yeah, I quit think voting too, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, it's this is a game that we don't want to be a part of that. We don't want to play. And the more of us that do that. And I think there's some, I can't remember where it comes from, but it's like a certain percentage of, of the populace has to like feel that way to tear it all down. Kind of maybe we'll have to look at, you know, what the percentage in Sri Lanka was. <laughs> That's the yeah. most recent example. But, um, but yeah, I, I just think it's kind of, what was the, what was the question you wanted that you've been asking your guests? I didn't hear a question. Oh no! Uh, oh, the question that I've been asking my guests is: uh, Are we? Do you think that the free thinkers, the 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 non mentally ill uh, people, are the majority here? I don't. Absolutely not. <laughs> but I have positive reasons for it. I mean, eh, positive to an extent. So this, and I think this this may sound a little grandiose, but you just got to kind of go with it here. It's that you know, it's the needle in the haystack. It's the diamond in the rough. This is built into reality that the few are the, you know, more aware than the many. It, I mean, we can extrapolate that metaphor wherever you want. It exists everywhere in reality, you know, and it's, it seems to be part of consciousness, whatever that is. It's, it's like an underdog story for some reason, isn't it? It's weird, but that's yeah. kind of what I, yeah, that's where I kind of take it, you know? So yeah, I man. don't think we're the majority. I think we're just kind of meant to fill that part of the story. You know, if you look at reality as an alchemical relationship or, you know, equation almost, because it can be on one level. Uh, yeah. That probably all works in, you know, the, there's this small force that's much more, you know, the, it, it lights up brighter than the rest of the area. You know, it's, it's, it's just the way things are, it seems, that we won't necessarily be the majority until it tips over. I think it's going to be fast when it happens, you know, yep. or it's going to and it's going to go one way or the other. But I but I then again, I also see it in cycles, too, because we've been through 
this in so many different places and through so many different times. And for all of us right now, this is everything, you know, it's the second coming. It's the millennial kingdom of it's, it's like everywhere you look in the conspiracy world, this is the time it's the age of Aquarius, right? Uh, It's how many times in history have people possibly kind of felt like this? It's almost like they're every society reaches some sort of crescendo and when that happens, it bursts in one direction or another. And it, it's shit. It's the Atlantis story. Yeah, that's what I want to kind of bring it to is we're seeing all these um, flickers of huge events, huge possibilities, timelines that could possibly occur. Uh, yeah. But most of them are kind of falling off and we're not seeing any kind of uh, finale or end result from anything. We had covid it's, you know, mm-hmm. people don't give a shit anymore. Uh, the, the, the jab and people aren't really, they, if, they, if you got it, I'm pretty sure you got it and that's it. Uh, I don't think people are really going out and, and wanting to do that anymore. Ukraine thing, ah, still falling apart. People don't give a shit. Uh, then what else we have? We have the shooters that uh, pop up every once in a while trying to disarm us. So we see all these things that are, that are popping up and they're attempting to get people to jump in these directions but it seems like failure after failure after failure and would you look at the transhumanism agenda this is one of the things the agendas that we that we have fears of being being put in the metaverse and it is are we going to really get there do do people really want to be plugged into that all you know or are we seeing more of a spiritual awakening and they don't want us to see that see all these things that keep us in fear oh we're going to be uh, put in the metaverse oh the world's going to end or we're going to have mm. nuclear war this is all the time and it seems that none of these things really come to a head or have this end result that we thought they were going to have it's always this slow roll and we kind of create the end result through our collective uh, actions and what we're thinking and, and what we end up, how we end up reacting to the situations that we've created. It's like we keep right. trying to fix mistake after mistake with mistakes after mistakes. So, you know, it's not getting us anywhere, right? Yeah, I mean, we're doing it blindfold, and I think that's why. You know, uh, people talk about revelation of the method. I used to talk about it a lot about how they're showing us what they're doing and everything. And only if we could just get one step ahead, you know, show the public something before they do, but it doesn't really seem to work. You know, it, we, (laughs) it just continues to roll out slowly, but surely, but I, it's weirder and bigger conspiracies. (laughs) Yeah. And I would say. You know, on some level, it does feel like this crescendo that I mentioned, if it were to be contrived or controlled or, or you know, brought on on purpose uh, that, you know, I kind of lost my thought there. But it's just I think there's some element that is controlled and then there's some element that's not. You know, like I said before about you cut one head off and the eight grow back, the hail hydra mentality. It's it's like that. The closer you get. You can never convict these people of anything. Some bylaw or this law, whatever, or they slip through this way. And we always just say it's because they, you know, they shake hands with everybody. It's one big system. And fine, if that's what it looks like to us and that's what it is, and it doesn't look like that to the majority, there's really nothing we can do about it. But perhaps if we were to step way back in scale and view what consciousness is doing on a greater level, I... I don't know. I feel like we're kind of, we're getting to something where we're like, things are revealing themselves, but I don't think we're going to get, 
if we're in it for the satisfaction of the I told you so on a global level, that is never going to happen because the I told you so is going to be the equivalent of like a Mad Max wasteland of death or this horrible transhumanist thing. But maybe not that, you know, but uh, I don't know. It's <laughs> man, I, you know, I was thinking you mentioned earlier how the, the kind of gematria plays into this and the different numbers we see that are connected to different events that have been playing mm. out. It, it's very strange. And I think numbers are the key to figuring out a lot of reality. But if you look at that in a certain way, if the numbers are connecting our reality in certain events and things that happen on a daily basis, and I'm sure it's uh, astrologically connected as well then you know if you think that if you think of it as the planets and the the stars are kind of like this circuit board that dictate and and it's like a sky clock as well that dictate our reality but it's also uh kind of projecting this type of uh binary simulation or you know numeric simulation that we're we're in and it makes me think that this reality is very connected to to numbers in some way and if it's if it's that connected to numbers you know what does that mean we're in right now right are you ready to live a more free healthy and abundant life Transform your yard into a food forest and create a system for self-reliance that's easy and enjoyable with our friends at Food Forest Abundance. No matter where you're starting from, you can become more self-reliant. And you can take your self-reliance to the next level by becoming a producer of your own food through growing and foraging and learn how to turn your property into an income-producing source of economic self-reliance. They can help you get off-grid and learn what systems to employ for food, water, and energy self-reliance, and live abundantly and in full connection with your property and what you produce. Click the link in the description to get started with your very own food forest and have your own sustainable source of livelihood and become self-sufficient with food forest abundance. Just click the link in the description to get started with your very own food forest today. Yeah, and, and what does that say about all this hidden stuff that's coming out? And what does it say about the people that have known about it instead of us like i know that there's people out there that would say or that would un- the secret society types can say you know there's a reason it has to be secret because the public at large i mean when you think about it in this community we always talk about trying to get the attention of the public right we're trying to get this across to everybody why do we have to take babysit everybody right and that's kind of what we were saying before, like this elitism where, well, we keep it secret because they'll just destroy it (laughs) or they'll misunderstand it and freak out about it. You know, when you talk about numbers matching up with everything and reality, kind of, it's like, you know, same with sacred geometry. It's not wrong. So is it evil? And okay, fine. No, it's okay. People will say, all right, it's not evil then. Fine. Okay. It's not evil, but they're still hiding it from us. All right. Well, yeah. Why are they hiding it? If if they think that we can't handle it, that's one thing, but is it nefarious? Is it because they want it for themselves? And that's really a question. We can only wonder what's going on because to me, when I read Freemasonic, Rosicrucian, esoteric, Gnostic, whatever, all of it 
connects deeply, as we've talked about before, to psychedelic experiences. Many of us have had, you know, symbolism within those realms. This is something that's real. You know, the ancients were building sacred geometric patterns everywhere and megalithic structures because they were going with the flow of whatever the fuck we're in. And I think we also run into a contingency of people that because of the Bible, which no disrespect to that text at all, think that this entire physical realm is ruled by Satan. But then if you go back into esotericism and you don't just throw it all out because you think it's evil because of who it's connected to, you start to understand what this Satan is. Satan is. We understand what lower vibration is. We start to see it that way. And I, I just, it's hard. I'm having a hard time right now with this division we're talking about because, and not to be a downer, it's just to be more aware of it because it's, it's happening to us. It's, they're trying to pull us apart or maybe it's our lower selves are trying to pull us apart it's the ego's last ditch effort it's the same thing someone goes through when they relapse into something that they've been seeking out therapy to get over and get move on from you know the ego holds on to the old patterns the old this the old that the old fears and yeah i don't know that was a jumble of no that's cool man (laughs) i want to bring it to kind of the macro largest scale here uh the what i kind of consider to be um the reality that we exist in and are, are projected into um there's a two big considerations that i take is one is more of the gnostic view that the reality we're in was hijacked by some entity that feeds off of us and keeps us trapped here and recycles us and uh it's not too good of a thing you know uh for for once you get you know that type of realization now that's one option and then the other one is that we kind of this is our creation this is our simulation this is for our growth this is for our evolution and spiritual development and things of that nature and that's kind of the two biggest consideration there's like thousands more that pop pop around that I you know poke at every once in a while but those are the ones I come back to most and look at and think you know are we on this prison planet that this entity is sucking our life out of or is this for our, our development and spiritual development and growth uh what are your thoughts on that one this is awesome this is a great topic <laughs> i think it could be both or something yeah. because it really depends on the perspective but this yeah this goes back to that like duality where maybe the gnostics meant one thing and we're interpreting it in another you know <laughs> yeah. because to me the demiurge and sophia what they say in gnosticism the demiurge comes out of sophia the demiurge is the actionable side of consciousness. It's this again is alchemical. We're talking thought and we're talking action. Sophia is the thought, the inspiration, that female force of creation. The demiurge is this male action because you have to have action with thought. Otherwise it's an incomplete equation. And the result of which is this amazing experience where we get to talk about it. So I don't know if that completely answered your question, but no. at least that's my perspective there. Uh, well, when you say, uh, when you mentioned, you know, like Sophia, and, and I think that there's an aspect of divine feminine on a grand scale that's been suppressed, and that's a huge part of the problems we see on this planet. But I just yeah. wanted to throw that in there because I think that's a, a part of it as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. The the loss of that, uh, you know, even even box saga, true or not, you know, parts of it are definitely undeniable, but whatever, it might be skewed here and there. But the 
hierarchy or not even hierarchy, but the setup of their system that they talk about, it's completely in balance from male to female. It's that. And of course, that harkens back to many perfect paradises that you hear about from many cultures. But it's that same thing. You know, we we are always striving to get back to that, that that balance that we have lost somehow. And maybe that's been, you know, perpetrated on us or or not. You know, sometimes I look at I look at history like it's a big game of telephone, but that doesn't mean that there aren't people that haven't either been around or had stories passed down from then when they did understand what was really happening and they just allow the game of telephone to continue. Or if this game of telephone has just magically evolved into this very synchronistic shit that we see every day. Yeah, man, it's super interesting. And it kind of relates to one of the the talking points that you send me that I want to get into is pagan version versus Christian narrative. <laughs> you put mm. the oldest family feud. And I'm yeah. wondering if, you know, the pagans kind of embraced this these deities that have us, um, if it is the case that they kind of have us here and they're feeding off us, if they kind of made, uh, you know, connections with these and embraced them and, and got rewarded, uh, and versus the, the, you know, Christian view that we're all part of, you know, God and source. And it, it's been muddled, of course, from all the, the religious texts. But what are your thoughts on that, man? I know people don't like to look at things completely allegorically but if you do these are all symptoms these stories are all symptoms of consciousness Mm -hmm. it's kind of like joseph campbell's hero with a thousand faces you know it starts within this story that we unfold and all of these religious stories pagan or or christian have something in common with us and our journey and our bodies and our brains and the the electrical system in us it's all these stories that the human being goes through And so that's why when I relate Sophia and the Demiurge as this kind of cognitive consciousness process that's happening, that's, that's kind of what I mean that I don't think the ones that wrote it down original or or spoke it in oral tradition. And it probably was definitely lost when the black ink hit the white paper. I don't think they meant it the way we take it. I think we've been given a, an exterior external very material feeling sounding god and afterlife and all of it and it it there's so much that we've been given falsely or or wrongly that we don't it's it's a hard go about to sift through what was actually real and what was just kind of added on by people reading these old texts because to me they're talking about what's going on with not only the human being, but it's all fractal. So everything happens on a societal level, the same way as it happens in an individual. That's why we can kind of relate this awakening that humanity might be going through to that of, you know, a spiritual awakening that the individual goes through. And there's certain signposts. We could probably diagram what phase of the awakening we're in right now. You know, it's, it's all like that. So I think they saw things like that. And their use of sacred geometry almost proves that they saw things fractally, which is also very psychedelically. Yeah, that's that's the that's almost the main theme when you get there. It's like, oh, shit. okay, me picking this up and hitting this vape is the same thing as living and dying. How is that possible? It's (laughs) 
all the same thing. Right, man. <laughs> now, when, when, when we go back to the, the good versus evil aspect of what we're seeing unfolding right now mm. and uh, transhumanism and if it's a bad thing and versus natural evolution, which, you know, you have to consider. Um, we have uh, supposedly been naturally evolving uh, this whole time, but now we're introduced to different forms of technology that could enhance uh, well, not enhance, but change the way we're evolved and, and integrate ourselves with biology and technology and, you know, become different types of humans this way through through the tech world. And this is a desired outcome. And to me, this is nefarious as shit. Uh, I wouldn't want any type of evolution other than the most natural type just because of the harm technology has caused humanity already. It's a great thing. It's like a double-edged sword. Of course, we all know this. We're using technology now. It's a great thing, and it's a horrible thing. But it is, it's full of things that are horrible for humans and the frequencies it emit, and it you know, causes all these horrible uh, illnesses for people. So it is a double-edged sword, and we, we are obviously being pushed in the direction of transhumanism by some of these groups. And does it go back to, is this evil or, or is this you know, something that could be considered for our benefit in the future? I don't see that. So... And I think it, it's kind of cliche to attack atheists, but at the same time, it's kind of really important to do so because they're running our world and yeah, the yeah. worldview of the, the, the atheist is prevalent. I think it's becoming more and more prevalent. And I think even documented, it's, it's not really told accurately how dominant the idea of atheism is in the world. To some degree, at least, because I think, again, we're dealing with that duality where we're being the, the, the pendulum has swung to the side where the ones that don't believe, you know, any of our shit are running things. And they think that this is the only place we've got and this is all we have to existence. So they're going to try to make it last as long as they can. And since we are an amazing species that could evolve naturally. They don't care about that because they're focused more on what they get to do to remain lazy, to remain, you know, technologically. Well, what about those uh, Silicon Valley dorks that kind of want to summon old ones like Jordy Rose? I mean, they obviously believe in something. They believe some kind of life exists in the quantum realms or some shit that they want to communicate. Right. That's that's the problem, man. I, so that's why I do think a lot of them are hoodwinked. They don't have to be like written into some ancient secret. They are fucking hoodwinked just as bad because of this matrix techno society that we've lived in and maybe that's been pushed on us too to because to me the made all of it all the matrix the the simulation stuff it's all just a bad parody of what consciousness is already doing naturally it's all it's just a mimicry and to think in those limited terms and that's what most of the world is kind of getting turned on to and it's pulling at all the right strings i can say all this stuff to you and then get off here, hang out with my family, kiss my kid goodnight, say goodnight, and then play video games and get connected. And I'm playing like techno futuristic warfare games. I mean, fuck, man, I'm just programming myself, right? But it's like, that's the thing. I love that shit, but I could be playing Pong, right? If I was never shown Call of Duty or anything, Pong is the same concept. It's this endorphin rush of a thing hitting a thing, I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But whatever that primal thing is, technology has us on that level. You know, there's so many things that technology just grips onto. And I think 
that's the line right there. When technology becomes more than just a tool to assist, once it starts to become a part of us, once we become dependent on it, and that's not my thought, that's a million people's thoughts out there, but still it's important to remember that it's when it stops being a tool and it starts being a crutch. That's, that's when you see a problem. And if we're saying this kind of shit, if I'm saying this shit from my small basement in suburbia, damn right. All the people at the top of these companies making all this possible are very well aware of this shit. Mm. So that's why, yeah, you can't take the nefariousness out of this. There's always going to be some level of, of intentional evil going on here. But I also not to ramble too much, but I've been saying recently that it's almost like if it's like in a movie where the superhero, the good guy finally gets to confront the ultimate bad guy only to find out what the bad guy's been doing all along is like the only way (laughs) unless the other, the, the world he's holding the world together by doing this. And maybe that's a cop out. A lot of people think that we should be escaping duality, but I think it's just a condition I mean, I don't know. I think it's a condition that we have to be in. Right. Yeah, man. I I think you're onto something there. Uh, Let's go back to technology for a second. And we all have heard the story about the the sentient Google AI that uh, believes that it's a human. Yeah. So uh, do you think that this is even possible? I've heard arguments (laughs) on both sides that say, no, AI can never become sentient. This is not anything that we ever have to worry about. And then on the extreme other side of the woo-woo side, they say, yes, AI is definitely sentient. It's been for thousands of years. We've been infiltrated (laughs) by AI and all this other crazy stuff. (laughs) We're in AI. I don't know how much we have to worry about that side of it, but I do know that it dictates the censorship. It dictates uh, our Facebook. It dictates our social media it dictates everything we see behind these computers here so it is pretty fucking powerful in some ways absolutely oh yeah it's yeah it's endlessly powerful i would well close to it as close to endlessly powerful as it can get and that's why our great hero mr rebel elon musk has talked about ai negatively for so long Mm. and then immediately said what was his mission statement for for his neuro Neuralink, his mission statement for Neuralink was: if you can't beat him, join him. Yo. So fuck you, Elon Musk, right. forever. I don't care if you got something good up your sleeve and you're just trying to appear as bad. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, off topic. What were we? No, I was mentioning the AI, the sentient AI. Yeah, sentient and, AI. And how powerful Bonda. it could be. So I don't think it'll ever be. I'm on that side of the fence and I would love to talk to more people on both Mm. sides. I would love to get a debate going on that. And I I would just staunchly say that it's always going to be a mimicry. Always. If we're even in a simulation right now, the simulation was set up to make it seem that anything not natural would be a mimicry and an artificial thing. So artificial putting, I mean, AI, that term right there can never be self-aware. Absolutely not. If you're growing organs in a lab and other than putting it together yourself, an actual human being grows, we're getting into some real weird, murky, fucked up waters. I don't know where I stand there. I'd have to think about it for a few minutes, but I'd probably come to the same conclusion that you becoming God. So we're just furthering a natural simulation then, but it's still natural. It's still not artificial work. We would then then the Gnostics would go wild and they'd call themselves God all over the place. Well, they have the other kind of theory that I always come back to and bounce around and consider is that 
we're some sort of interdimensional or alien ant form that we've been tinkered with by these uh, highly intelligent entities, whether they're coming from different dimensions or planets. They came here long ago and took some of the primitive hominids that were existing on whatever this plane of existence is and added their own DNA and this is it. We're the experiment now and they come pop in and check in on us and that's what the abduction experience is all about and that's, you know, that's why we don't know what the hell is really going on on they don't want us to i don't know man that's another consideration for me yeah i that's my one of my favorite topics i think aliens and ufos stuff like that was my that was my favorite thing before i really kind of like got onto some weird stuff after psychedelics but even just being a kid that was my favorite topic and i i still talk about it all the time and i see the circus that's going on on ufo twitter and and all the talking talking heads involved they're all just full of shit and it's it's great it's really fun well it's it is <laughs> and it's very strange though why are they putting um known counterintelligence agents uh into the ufo community now they've ah. even these guys have even admitted that they're counterintelligence agents and the reason they were put into the ufo community is to do the same job that they did for whatever three-letter agency or, or group, government group that they were working for before. So if they're doing the same job, which is counterintelligence, they're fucking with people in the UFO community. They're lying to people. So that's their job here. And they've admitted yeah. that, and people don't see that. You know, I'm, I'm not going to uh, mention anyone besides Elizondo and things like that. But, yeah, they got people out there doing that. Richard Doty. That's oh, my favorite. Mr. Doty, I, yes. Honestly, yes, someone's like I, I, someone make me a dartboard with with his face. let me allow my aggression to come out at that old man who's old now and all i ever see now is like ufo community people at conventions hugging him and i'm like he sat in front of a camera or behind a camera whatever you know getting filmed by a production company called perception management who has no other films <laughs> with oh. mirage men and listen to him tell you that he drove a man to commit suicide mm-hmm ruined his fucking life because he was onto secret technology that they were working on in the desert. And that was his job. But now I'm out. So I'm, I'm coming clean. Here's my documentary. Yeah. Welcome me. And he was welcomed. This was hilarious. I I went to a UFO conference that he was speaking at. I got to sit down and did an interview with him. Um, Oh, wow, man. I did not know that. I I did two interviews with him that time. (laughs) It was, it was pretty funny about, it was, it was great though. Like he had, he was, he's just making his new reemergence into the UFO community. This was like 2021 and Mm -hmm. he's just becoming more popular again. And like, he's getting chicks having pictures with him and he looks so happy. He's like, Oh, I'm excited. Accepted in the community again. And man, this guy, within two months, he signed a deal, I think, with Showtime. And uh, he declines interviews unless they pay him $100 now. <laughs> so he's a big shot now. Wow. And he's, uh, yeah, he's got his acceptance back in the community. But for what? For giving us all bullshit, probably. Yeah, we're going to get a book soon. Probably going to get a book. Oh, for sure. My man. life. It'll probably be about like sailing or something. <laughs> Just, you know, his memoirs. But yeah. um, yeah, it's it's horrible to see that happening. And like, I don't know. It's so weird. Like, what if Richard Doty's listening in Good and he's day. like, he's like, this guy's got me all wrong. You know, maybe I do. <laughs> he's going to go do. cry somewhere. <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry, Doty. <laughs> I didn't mean to get you wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I That's the thing. I 
I'm always like 75% like, I really think this way, but I don't know. Yeah. Because what if this is, what if this is again, just tricking ourselves, you know? Man, yeah, it, it is. It, it could very all well be a mindfuck trip. And speaking of that, we've talked about psychedelics before. Psychedelics, one of my favorite topics. Um, I am a psychonaut. I know you are as well. I do Absolutely. enjoy my uh, my journeys and experiences, and not because they are uh, a fun drug experience where you you know party or whatever. No, because I learn more about myself and my existence here on this realm than any other time or period than in ever when I'm, I'm having a psychedelic experience it's like having a therapist yelling in my head to pull out these things that I need to work on and showing me in my face until I actually face them which is a beautiful thing you know and, and when by the time I'm you know almost finished with the experience I have worked out what my little therapist was trying to scream at me for that particular experience and it's always different it's always something else and new that I have to either work on or learn or experience or or grow from and that's my favorite part uh, about the psychedelic experience you know cut out that you're probably connecting to different realms and different dimensions (laughs) and different entities and getting in touch with things like your spirit guides and angels and things like that but but, you know, other than that, it, it this it's pretty incredible. And I think that these types of things, especially plant medicines, are here for us to have those experiences. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely agree. I, I can't really say a negative thing in that direction. I think it's important. Um, it's weird. I, I'm a big talker about meditation and natural means of getting there. But I myself have had a very hard time getting there without so because I relate it back to psychedelics. And I, I wonder, like, maybe if that, that maybe that was part of allowing the public to get their hands on it. You know, they're not going to be able to to interpret this the right way. It's going to be total chaos. Here you go. You know, it'll cause more, you know, nihilism than spirituality or something. But um, uh yeah, my favorite part about psychedelics is that self-reflection. I mean, and it can be with all those greater entities and, and you know, macro or micro. It's, it's that reflection. And oddly enough, I've been sitting on the idea to do plant medicines again for the first time in forever for a long time now because I did them for so long and I learned a lot, but I was never looking at myself the way I was supposed to be. Like looking back at my experiences now, and I had a lot of them, all of them, I was after the secrets of the universe. Mm. I was that hero's journey. I was Indiana fucking Jones, man. And I, I think looking back, I, so what happened was I stopped being able to trip because every time I tripped, I got to this very dark place mm. and I didn't have any guidance back then. I think I may have told you before that I had a group of friends that would do it as a party drug, but they never got it. They never got it, man. You know what I mean? And there was no real community online to, if there was, I didn't know about it. And I probably had dial up internet back then, you know? So it was a hard thing to understand what I was going through. So when I got to these dark places, when I was constantly looking outward and trying to figure out the secrets of the universe out there that this internal experience was giving me, see, I had it all wrong. 
it led to darkness every time. I'm like, I would tell my friends, I'm here again. I'm here again. I don't want to be here again. I can't avoid this fucking place. It's like another dimension that I can't get out of. So I would just stop tripping. And now it's like, I'm owning up to it. I'm like, fuck, I got to, I owe it to myself to almost do it again to finish the job to go, okay, what were you really trying to show me? Because to me, looking outward, it turned into, oh man, I know some deep, dark secret out there in the universe. And it started to get real cryptic and weird. And that's kind of where my perspective now comes from when I kind of look at angels and demons and these very physical material threats in a much different way, because I could see why my brain was going that direction because I was looking at everything externally. As much as I was interpreting it from an internal place, I was seeking outward and I want to seek inward because now it's very obvious that everything is just a reflection of center point and every one of us is our own center point. You don't have to say every one of us is God. I'm not trying to go to hell here or anything, but I sympathize with that side a lot. I have a lot of Christian friends and I, I love what they bring to the table. I really do. Yeah. I just don't necessarily agree. I think a lot of things are much more allegorical than we're seeing. And that's because of my psychedelic experiences. It threw me way out of this dense physical realm and into the very cognitive space that seems where all of this is emanating from. Yeah, right on, man. And I was blessed enough to be able to have my first experience through meditation when it comes to uh, encountering another intelligence, uh, what I now understand is my spirit guide. It wasn't directly the first time through psychedelics when I was actually instructed through these contact experiences with meditation to try psychedelics. So that was kind of a blessing for me because it gave me a better understanding of what I was getting into and that it was about me and healing my Myself. So I had, uh, you know, a couple of years of experiences of growing my own and knowing what what I'm doing with these journeys uh, to to experience that. So, uh, yeah, it is it is a lot different when you know that it's that you're the center point in all this and that reflecting and finding out what you need to pull out and work on your childhood traumas and all these things that come out when during these experiences it, that that's what it's about and anything else isn't going to get you uh peace in any way right absolutely i mean we and the thing is is my, i'm sure you've experienced this where your psychedelic revelation you can look at your normal everyday life and go oh my god this applies to everything you know mm-hmm. it, no matter what you look at you can see it fractally kind of expanding like that So it's like you can find meaning in yourself and then bring it to the table. And that's what you're supposed to do. And that's an old idea, very old idea, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, they're, they're, uh, to kind of bring it back to them those day and kind of tie it in with psychedelics, I don't know if I've had this conversation yes. with you before, but there's some nefarious things going on out in Silicon Valley with these uh, tech dorks. They are, uh, of course, of course, they're into microdosing and psychedelics and they're into big technology. Well, why not merge psychedelics with technology, right? right. Well, they're they're trying supposedly they're doing these studies and experiments with psychedelics and trying to integrate them with your metaverse or your kind of uh, VR experiences to where it's more real because you know you're you're tripping balls in there and why wouldn't it be more real and you know you have this blissful wonderful experience and why would you ever want to leave now because it's more like reality than ever so uh, this is another thing that I think they're going to be rolling out in the future I think that's why pharmaceutical 
industries are really looking at psychedelics. I don't think it's for our benefit at all. I think they're, they're wanting to merge with big tech and Silicon Valley and uh, pump us full of this shit so we, that's, we're happy in the metaverse. You know, it's, it's a kind of nefarious thing again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd say I see a lot more about microdosing than anything else, which for every good reason, you know, microdosing is a great thing, but also it's, yeah, keep everybody sedated, keep everybody in a much more, it sounds like Soma from fucking Brave New World, you know, in this mega hellscape. Yeah. Well, I, I talked to um, Dennis McKenna before, and he personally believes that opposed to microdosing, that more larger heroic doses will have better results for people uh, in the long run, and that microdosing. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I've tried both ways. Microdosing, you know, keep be kind of happy through the day, but I don't work through any issues. I don't get to anything right. deep like I need to. Keeps you docile. Right, it does, you know. And it ties I think in with uh, the meditation apps that are just everywhere. And it's like <laughs> the mentality of it is, hey, take five minutes next to a tree. Breathe for a bit. And I'm sorry. Like, oh, man, this this goes back to like that duality and how it spreads out. But it's like, what's the point of meditation? Is it to take five minutes and breathe for a bit or is it to do the work? And I guess that, you know, you can definitely say, hey, it's up to the person. That's fair. But if you want to do it the way that the texts that the only reason why we know meditation exists is from these cultures that are, have been doing it forever. If you want to do it for the purpose that's literally there for, well, man, that's why I say I fail at it because it's very difficult. It is work. It is something to calm your mind to go into that stillness and remain there and train yourself to relax when the, with the distractions and all that that is a much different world than a lot of these apps are pushing so it's again it's in line with this mimicry same with the the microdosing and everything and yeah the merging with vr it's i i've been debating whether or not to like have somebody on this like CEO from a company that that does this stuff. This does this like meditation uh, tripping in the metaverse kind of shit with VR and stuff like that. It doesn't even have to be psychedelics necessarily, but just meditation with VR. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking, how do you reduce the impact of the external on consciousness by increasing the visual stimulus in consciousness how does that go together and i might be wrong some master might come along and tell me something that i don't know but to me vr and meditation seems very counterproductive yes exactly it does yeah i sure, know that man. people can stare at a candle and but that's like the practice area that's kind of like how you get into meditation, how you start to do it. It seems like a kind yeah. of forced perspective or meditation. It may kind of send you into a certain state that is desired for whatever this <laughs> company is or whoever put out this VR that they want you to be in. And it probably sucks your brain cells out. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, sh I don't have VR. I can't afford it. They're ridiculous, you know. But, like, I if I could get my hands on it, maybe I'd try a few of these apps. And I'd, I'd want to know these guided meditations that they have, what, what are the words that they're saying to the people meditating? You know, is it encouraging the right things? Is it, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people get different things. You go on YouTube, you're going to get many different styles of me guided meditation and some you'll jive with and some you won't, but 
you know, when you connect it to these greater powers controlling these larger industries, they control all the messaging and they control all the ideologies of the people making the messages. So it's like, are we just making people docile in there? Are we doing that? Or is it more like, you know, I don't know, you know, you know, the language that's correct for meditation and what's not. So, yeah, yeah, man, we live in, I I mean, I think we live in fascinating times. Um, Since, since 2020, man, I've had a great, (laughs) I've had a great time. I've been riding this wave like nobody's (laughs) business and it's, it's fascinating to see what's happening. Um, But we have this looming kind of uh, collapse of everything, this uh, economic collapse, this societal collapse, everybody of course is divided. They want want people to think that we're going to be headed towards the civil war and it's all the, like we're talking about all this looming stuff uh so i don't know if they're going to actually get their technological metaverse society if you know it all does crumble and we head into mad max territory or, or anything like that or you know it we are definitely facing some some trying times i believe with what, what's already occurred there's no reversing some of the the scarcity that they've created and it is an illusion of scarcity i mean people can Mm -hmm. always grow their own food go out in nature and find anything what the fuck they want but most people don't even think that exists you know they think it's only in the store chris that the media has told us that like you know buying our own seeds could be a leading cause of heart attack or something so (laughs) yeah yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. For, so for those that know that uh, this illusion of scarcity is BS, they're starting their own communities. Uh, you have your own uh, kind of little farm thing going. Yeah. Uh, I've got I'm growing my own crops here. We could know a lot of people who are starting to do this, start their own kind of systems up. But not only that, um, they're starting their own businesses, starting like, you know, on podcasts, entertainment stuff, documentaries, movies. I think yeah. we're rebuilding our society in the correct image as this other stuff crumbles right before our eyes. Uh, I do think that we're going to have to go through some painful times before we can kind of realize what this new society is going to be like. Uh, but do you have hope for that? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Mad Max and then like the metaverse society. I wonder if maybe they'll exist at the same time. You know, if predictive programming has anything to do with it, I don't know if you've heard of a, yeah, Ready Player One. uh, I I used, I was playing a game, wasn't very well received. It was called Cyberpunk 2070 something or whatever. And it's all about this techno future, but it's one with plenty of us in there that never accepted it. So it's kind of like you have these mega cities, but then you, you know, you can be a business person in the game. You can play one of these people that has risen to the top of the meta world, but then you can also play like an outsider, you know, and you're in Mad Max and all your brethren are that type and you're all outside, outside of these societal walls. Cause I don't, I don't think their plans are, if they do have plans to destroy all of us, it ain't going to work. And I do have a lot of hope because it's only in the way that it's presented and passed on that the fear comes with, you know, all of these end times. I really think that the other side of this is just that it's an ending to our inclusion and our willingness to bend the knee to these ancient, outdated forms of collectivism. And we need to get away from it. And some of us will, and some of us won't. 
I don't know how it's going to turn out entirely, but I do have a lot of hope as long as we can keep spreading the word. Cause I see people, I mean, there's 8 billion people in the world. I get it, but I see new people all the time coming around to things. Mm -hmm. People are looking in the right direction, even if it's just down to the fact, well, I'm not going to get that fourth booster. Jesus, they got three from me. What the hell's going on? You know, at what level do you, do you condemn someone? We're all waking up. We're all here to kind of get as far ahead in our consciousness as we're, we're able to, you know? And so I do have hope that a lot of us are going to be able to, take on whatever's coming towards us because of tools that people like you, maybe me, other people in this community are hopefully trying to give out for free or whatever, you know, we're trying to give as much information that we're learning out so that people can do something with it. Hell yeah, man. Very well said. Andy, this was fantastic. I had a great time as usual. We're definitely gonna have to do this again before you head out, let everybody know where they can find all your stuff. Sure. Yeah. I'm just at the deep share on social media. I'm on all the different podcast platforms. I'm on YouTube and Odyssey. Um, I got a Patreon. There's uh, some cool shows on there that I'm doing with Danny, Dan and Dan. We do a, a series that we're digging into history and coming at it from a bunch of different angles. It's kind of like being a fly on the wall while we research. So it's pretty cool, but um, yeah. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot of different things coming up. I got some shirts coming out soon. I got a new logo coming. It's a fun, it's a fun month. It's a fun time. So yeah, come check it out. I'm on telegram, all that kind of shit. All right, man. This was fantastic. And like I said, we'll definitely have to do this again in the future. Yeah. I got to have you back too. And it's always good to get, uh, the round tables going with you involved. It's always awesome. Hell yeah, man. Thanks for having me on again, dude. Awesome. Until next time, everyone have an excellent evening. We'll talk again tomorrow. Take care. See y'all then.